Dara, bedtime. Mom, just a minute more. I nearly beat the big boss. You said that an hour ago. Yes, but that was before I collected the Sword of Eternal Toverhack and leveled up my spirit points with the potion of Rakton. I'm definitely going to beat him this time. Besides, last time I wasn't aiming for the weak spot in his left armpit. Don't you think you might be a bit addicted to this video game? Don't be silly. Can't get addicted to a video game. You can get addicted to lots of things. The moment you realize that you can't get off the horse, that's addicted. Like you and your bingo? That's different. If you put your game away, I'll tell you a bedtime story. What kind of bedtime story? A traditional Irish one. Ah, oh, not a traditional Irish story. Let me guess. It's got swans in it. They all have swans in them. And a magic fish and everyone dies at the end. There's a leprechaun in the story. I'm walking out. No leprechaun. Now, lie back and close your eyes. This story is about a man who wanted to win at life. Even more than you want to win at your video game. He thought that if he could conquer the final boss, the most beautiful horse he had ever seen, and ride it around the town, then he would be the winner. But he got a great deal more than he bargained for. Are there fairies in it? Is it a fairy horse? Of course it is, my darling. Of course. A horse of mystery and dark magic that might not let you off once you get on, like your video game isn't letting you off. Oh, all right. Good boy. Where were we? You're trying to tell me an ancient Irish story about a fairy horse and teach me something about video games, which is stupid because the ancient Irish didn't have video games. They didn't even have the internet or phones or anything. It's probably why the stories are so boring. Ah, but they had a Nancy's Web, a world wide web much older than the internet. Anansi's web? The West African spider god Anansi, keeper and collector of all the world's tales. He spins threads of the imagination linking past to present, from the poorest village to the mightiest castle, making a web of tales that connects every corner of the globe. Matter of fact, tonight's story is a thread of the imagination that links the ancient people of Ireland all the way to India, China, the Middle East, and even East Africa. What about Alaska? Not tonight. Aw, I want a story connecting us to Alaska. Do Alaska, Mom, do Alaska. You'll get what you're given. Now, how do you feel about India? The monsoon rains swelling the mighty river Ganges, the snow-capped Himalayas stretching to the sky, the jungles filled with tigers and elephants and monkeys leaping from tree to tree. But Alaska has polar bears and walruses. I saw a program about it. Why don't I make a deal with you, Dara? If I can tell you a tale each night that connects the traditional stories of Ireland with every corner of our globe, even Alaska, a world wide web that leads us all the way back to West Africa and the story of how Anansi made his tales, then you will have to admit that our own human imagination and even my silly old stories are more powerful than your phone. This sounds like a trap. How long is it going to take? Less than 1,001 nights, anyhow. Five nights ought to do the trick. Now, lay back and listen to tonight's ancient tale. <laughs>
More than 2,000 years old, carried by Buddhists from India all the way across China and Southeast Asia, carried by Arab traders through the Middle East and down into East Africa. It's a tale that has crossed half the world, and now we are connecting it to the ancient tales of Ireland. It's called The Crocodile and the Monkey. Okay, that might be kind of cool. If it has a crocodile in it, how are you going to connect it to an Irish fairy horse? We don't have crocodiles and monkeys. No, but this is a very special fairy horse. A horse that lives in the water and eats people. A dangerous trickster horse called the Ohiski, sometimes called the Irish crocodile. A horse that lives in water and eats people. It doesn't sound much like a horse. Well, there you go. Maybe the ancient Irish had to invent an ohisky just so they could tell their version of this crocodile story. A story so powerful that it spread all across Asia from end to end. Don't you want to hear it? Well, fine, if you put it that way. All right. Lie back comfortably and imagine Lakshmi. Lakshmi? Lakshmi is our Indian storyteller a professor of folklore from Jaipur in North India. Can you see her? Close your eyes and imagine her voice. Listen harder. Namaste, Dara. Oh, namaste, Lakshmi. I did. I imagined her. How are you, Lakshmi? Well done. Now let me tell you the ancient tale of the monkey and the crocodile. The crocodile, slow and strong and sharp of tooth. The monkey, quick and weak, but sharp of mind. In China, they say that the king of the monkeys was born from a stone egg, that he ate the peach of eternal life from the garden of the gods. Our monkey was not this mighty monkey king, only a common macaque staring across the wide and muddy waters of the Ganges and imagining the other side when a crocodile hauled himself out into the mud. The clever macaque recognized no danger in the slow and waddling lizard and offered him a jamun fruit. The crocodile enjoyed the fruit and the two became friends. Well, that can't end well. Why don't when the crocodile gets hungry and the monkey gets a little too close to its jaws? Good question. Our Irish crocodile, the Ohisky, had plenty of people trying to tame it too and offer it treats, for it was no ordinary horse. It was the fiercest, the fastest, the most beautiful. Every man who saw it wanted to catch it, to ride it faster than the wind and see the jealous faces of his friends. Like gamers with a complete collection of level 3 turbo weapons. Exactly like that. But it was a dangerous bargain. A man who caught that trickster fairy horse could ride it, but only if he stayed away from water. If the Ohisky once caught sight of a lake or a river or the sea, it would race to the water, dragging the man down into the deep, drowning him and eating him. Ooh, this is a spooky story. Riding the Ohisky was like standing too close to a crocodile's mouth. You thought that you were in control, but suddenly, snap! You were dinner. When the crocodile swam home late that evening, his wife was suspicious. She snapped at her husband for his lateness. 
with apologetic bubbling, he offered her a fruit and told her about his meeting with the monkey. His wife wept, bitter crocodile tears at the thought of her husband, the great Garyal of the Ganges, wasting his time chattering with the monkeys. Then she remembered how all her friends said that eating fast fish makes crocodile faster mm. and strong fish makes crocodiles stronger. Mm. She told her husband to bring her the brains of the monkey so that she could be as cunning and as clever as the marvelous monkey. If her husband came back empty-handed, he should not bother coming back at all. That's blackmail! Like when the wicked stepmother in Snow White wanted Snow White's heart. When the Wicked Witch and the Little Mermaid wanted Ariel's voice. Why are so many women in these stories such bloodthirsty blackmailers? Because men wrote the stories. Ah. But it reminds me of our fairy horse. Why would a creature that lives deep underwater bother to transform itself into a beautiful horse and roam upon the land? Why? I think the Ahiski was hoping to lure the bravest, the strongest, the most ambitious man because only he would be bold enough to try to catch a horse so fierce, so wild and so beautiful. That way, when the fairy horse carried the brave man into the deep of the lake and ate his heart, a little of that bravery might stay with the Ahiski. Whoa, fairies were a lot scarier in ancient Ireland than they are today. Some of them could be kind, but some could be creepy. People used to leave gifts out for the fairies just to keep them sweet. But all of this brings us to the hero of our Irish tale, Tomás. The bravest heart in all Sligo, with a chest like a barrel and legs like tree trunks. Oh no, is the Ahiski going to eat his brave heart? Is this a horror story? Tomás went walking home from the pub one evening and he saw the moonlight gleaming on the finest and wildest horse he had ever seen. He wants the horse. He dreams of the envy of his friends and the loving looks of women as he rides that horse through the town. Of course, Tomás had heard the warning stories of the Ohiski, the fairy horse that carries men into the deep lake and eats them. But he imagines he can control this horse. For after all, is he not the bravest man in all Sligo? Tomás is tired of hard work and studying. He wants to catch a beautiful horse and be famous and admired overnight. He wants it too much, and that's why he is blind to the danger. Trying to get everything the easy way is how you get tricked. Like using a cheat code instead of fighting your way through all the levels. I told you you were obsessed with video games. Just like Tomás. That is not the same. My video game isn't going to eat me. It's eating up your attention. Now you're stretching it, Mum. When was the last time you got out in the healthy fresh air and played football? I can stop any time I want. <gasps> Tomás thought he could make the horse stop any time he wanted to. And we all know what happened to him. No, we don't. You haven't even finished the story yet. I haven't finished mine either. Remember, the crocodile is planning to catch the clever monkey and bring him back to his crocodile wife to eat. But how can he catch him? The monkey lives high up in the trees and the crocodile is clumsy out of the water. He could never climb a tree and the monkey is the smartest of all the animals. Much smarter than a crocodile. 
So how could the crocodile ever trap him? So what does he do? Much like your Irish Thomas, our Indian monkey has a weakness. Ambition, greed, wanting to be more than he is now and wanting it all overnight without working for it. The day before the monkey had confessed to his crocodile friend that he wished to rule the world and eat the fruit of eternal life, like the great monkey king of China. The crocodile knew that if he told his friend that the peaches of eternal life were on the other side of the river, the monkey would be desperate to cross, so desperate that he would forget all danger. See, this is my point. Tomas knows that the horse might be the dreaded fairy horse that eats people's hearts out. And the monkey knows that the crocodile eats meat. But they still get up on their backs. Everyone in this story is stupid. Sometimes, when we want something badly enough, it blinds us to all dangers. Like when you get a scam email that says you've won a million euro and all you have to do is send them your bank details. That's what the old storytellers were trying to warn us about. Ancient Indian storytellers were trying to warn us about scam emails? Yep. And video game addiction too. All around the world and all across history, nobody ever thinks about danger when they're greedy for that magical fruit or that marvellous horse. Now you're just interrupting like Shmi. Let her finish the story. Thank you, Dara. Heavy was the heart of the crocodile when next he met his monkey friend on the banks of the great river. Before the monkey could start his own chattering, the crocodile told him he had been to the other side of the Ganges and found the fruit of eternal life. The monkey gasped and stared out across the river at the distant trees. As the crocodile spoke of the beautiful gardens of heaven where the peaches grew, their hugeness and their sweetness, the monkey's eyes grew rounder and rounder. Then he gave a deep sigh as he remembered he could not swim. The crocodile spoke next about the monkeys on the other side of the Ganges who were stronger than elephants wiser than Buddha and older than the rocks of the Himalayas. The monkey looked at the fruit in his paw and suddenly it seemed tough and full of worms. Too disgusting to eat when across the river lay the peaches of paradise. The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Whatever you don't have always seems better than what you have. The fruits are always sweeter and more heavenly on the other side of the Ganges. I suppose in Ireland we say grass is greener on the other side of the fence because we've got so much more grass all over the place than fruit trees and monkeys. That could be it. But at least we have no crocodiles unless ohiskis are real. Where was I? The monkey stared across the broad brown waters of the river to the forests on the other side. He felt he could almost see the peaches hanging onto the trees and smell their sweet scent drifting over the waters. But the river was too deep for any monkey to swim. The crocodile grinned. In a silky smooth voice, he invited the monkey to hop onto his back 
and be carried over the river to the magical peaches of paradise. Oh, come on! That is an obvious trick. Though you say you were smart. I would never fall for that. Never, ever. Tomas thought he was too smart to fall into the Ohiski's trap. If he could just keep it away from water, the legend said, the Ohiski would make a beautiful horse. But the moment that the Ohiski caught sight of water, he would drag his rider down under the lake and eat his heart. Tomas thought he could handle the risk. He could jump onto the fairy horse's back, tie its head with the rope and make it his own. He would risk anything to have that horse. Just like our Indian monkey would risk anything to have the fruits of paradise and live forever. You see, the bigger the reward, the sillier the smart people become. Not me. I'd keep both of my feet firmly on the ground. And not get carried away? Exactly. By a crocodile or anything else. Tomas imagined he was catching the horse when all the time the horse was catching him. Tossing a rope around its neck and jumping onto its back, the brave man rode the Ohiski right through the town. The whole village gawked at the magical Ohiski's eyes of fire, arching neck, silver hooves and snorting pride and agreed they had never seen a horse like it. The lady sighed at our hero's daring and the village men growled and ground their teeth with horse envy. But pride comes before a fall. Our Thomas felt like he was on top of things. But one terrible dark night in autumn, he realised he had never been in control at all. And it was the hungry fairy horse that was steering him to his doom. Then what happened? We'd better get back to India and find out what happened to the monkey first. But the dark night, the hungry fairy horse. Lakshmi. Without another thought, the monkey sprung onto the dry, scaly back of his friend, the crocodile, and pushed himself between its shoulders. With a mighty heave, the giant reptile splashed into the water and pushed out into the stream. Only now did the monkey realize how powerful a crocodile is, as fast in water as a monkey is slow. Our monkey was carried deeper and deeper out of his depth. But instead of paying attention to where the crocodile was swimming, he was planning how to spend his eternal life. For his first hundred years, he wanted to learn the stories of the world and become famous as the great teller of tales. For his second hundred years, he would become the greatest healer of the forest and all would call him the great healer of harms, who also tells great tales. But before the monkey could plan the third hundred years, he felt the water of the Ganges wetting his feet. The crocodile's head sank low until only his popping eyes stuck out of the river and the muddy waters rolled up over his back and soaked the monkey's fur. The monkey saw the long, scaly backs of other crocodiles slicing smoothly through the waters around them. His throat was dry, and he asked the crocodile, How much further? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. The great Garial of the Ganges saw that it was too far for a monkey to swim, and he rolled over, 
knocking the little monkey into the waters. The monkey squeaked and paddled for shore. All the dreams of eternal life left his head and all he could think of was his own dear jamun tree and the life he'd left behind. Take me home, he squeaked to the crocodile. Please! But the crocodile shook his great head and opened his toothy jaws. I promised my wife to bring her your brains to eat. Eat monkey brains and be brainy as a monkey, the crocodile snapped. The monkey is in trouble now. But no more than the trouble Tomas was in, riding his fairy horse home on that cold, dark autumn night. He lost his way in the darkness. Perhaps he took a wrong turn or a wrong road, and instead of leading him home, the path led him past a lake, gleaming silver in the light of the moon and the stars. Uh Uh-oh, is he not supposed to let the horse see water? Uh Uh-huh, indeed. The Ohiski's eyes flared red the moment it saw the lake. It reared up and snorted and galloped with all speed to the water. Desperately, Tomas tried to jump off the horse's back, but by the Ohiski's dark magic, his legs and hands were stuck to it like a magnet. Only now did he see that all his pride over mastering the horse was foolishness. Tomas Cooney, the bravest man in Sligo, cried out in fright like a lost lamb. But nobody heard him on that dark, cold night. He had so desired this beautiful horse, but now he only desired to be far away from it and in his own warm bed. But there was no getting off. Like your video game. Luckily for him, it was such a dark, dark night. And the Ohisky had eyes for nothing but the silver gleam of the water. So... Neither the fairy horse nor Tomas saw the low tree branch that smacked into the farmer and knocked him off the Ohiski's back. That branch, and that branch only, stopped Tomas Cooney, the bravest man in Sligo, from being dragged into the lake and eaten up like barbecued chicken wings, bruised and sore, and with all the wind knocked out of him. The bravest man in Sligo cried like a baby. But, of course, he had lost his beautiful horse. Or maybe it was never his to begin with. All right, so Tom Cooney, the bravest man in Sligo, just escaped from getting eaten by the fairy horse. But what about the monkey? What about the monkey indeed? Paddling in the muddy waters of the Ganges, far out of his depth, with the scaly backs of the crocodiles circling around him, and his former friend, the great Karyal of the Ganges, opening wide his grinning jaws. Things do not look good for our monkey friend. So what's he going to do? Well, thought the monkey, if the crocodile's wife thinks she can get smart by eating my brains... Surely I can get smart just by using them. Smarter than this giant water lizard. I am so sorry for your wife, the monkey yelped. The crocodile was touched that the monkey would be so thoughtful while drowning. You see, I jump around so much that I have to keep my brains in a safe place to stop them from getting bruised. I keep them in my old jamun tree. 
If only you had told me what you wanted at once, I would have fetched my brains to bring to her. The crocodile bubbled and blinked. It seemed very silly for an animal to keep his brains in a tree. Then again, if the monkey had any brains in his head, he wouldn't have been tricked by the crocodile. See, that's what I said. No one with brains would get tricked into riding a crocodile. But Artemis was tricked into riding an ohisky, the Irish crocodile. You never said Tomas had brains. You said he was the bravest man in Sligo, but you never said he had brains. Excuse me, may I continue? We're leaving our monkey in mortal peril. Ah, sorry Lakshmi, go ahead. The crocodile cleared his throat. <coughs> Friend monkey, he gasped. I've had the most wonderful idea. You will fetch me your heart and brains to bring to my wife. And then I will have no need to drown you and eat you at all. How wonderful that monkeys can live without their hearts and brains. The great Karyal of the Ganges sighed deeply and thought of his wife. It would be easier for him too to live without a heart. So the monkey scrambled back onto the crocodile's back. And the crocodile carried him back to his favorite jamun tree on the river bank. No sooner had they reached the shallows, the monkey gave a mighty spring onto the dry land. He shot up the jamun tree into its thick leaves. Time passed. The crocodile sat waiting under the tree, his jaws open for the monkey to throw down his heart and brains. From the high branches, a jamun fruit thumped down onto the crocodile's snout. My brains were in my head all the time, and that's where they'll stay, called the mocking monkey voice. I might have been tricked, but the laugh is on you now. <laughs> the monkey giggled and pelted his former friend with fruit. All the monkeys of India are cackling to this day with the crocodile's defeat. And so our story ends. And with that, we have spun a thread of the imagination that connects India and even all of Asia with our own Irish stories. The first thread of Anansi's web. But it's an old story, right? Oh yes, Dara. The Monkey and the Crocodile was first written down in the Panch Tantra, a book more than 2,000 years old. And it's probably much older than that. Whoa, so that's like way before anyone had internet, right? No phones, no internet, not even television. Whoa, how did they live? I suppose they had to imagine their entertainment, didn't they? And they imagined the same story in India and in Ireland? Not only that. In East Africa, they tell the story with the monkey and a shark. In Japan, with the monkey and a jellyfish. In the United States of America, the folk tale is called Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Gator. But now it's time to say goodbye to Lakshmi and thank her for her story. Bye Lakshmi, thanks for your story. Goodbye Dara. Mom, why did all those people tell the same story when they had no way to get in touch? 
I suppose they had that feeling of imagining that they were mastering the horse, only to get carried away by it and feared that they would drown. I don't get it. You might when you're older. I hate when you say that. (laughs) So, do we have a deal? What? If I can weave a web using nothing but stories that connects every corner of the globe, then you will have to admit that our own human imagination is more powerful than your phone. I'll never admit that, but maybe I'll let you tell me another story. Where's the next connection? We've done Asia. Well, then our next story will have to connect us with Alaska, won't it? With the land of polar bears and walruses. How? What's the connection? If you lie back, close your eyes and go to sleep now, then you'll find out. That's blackmail. Bargaining, darling. Bargaining. Have we a deal? Fine. My eyes are shut. See? Shut. Night, Mum. Sweet dreams, Dara. Dream of India. Nancy's Web was written by Bridget McCone and directed by Hugh Hick. It featured Nicole Rourke as Kleena and Alex Kelly as Dara. This episode's guest storyteller Lakshmi was played by Shruti Shandilya. Additional music was composed by Justin McCann and the series was produced by Heather McLeod. Nancy's Web is a Hugh Hick Heather McLeod production for RTE funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee. <laughs>